this morning, I want to talk to you about things to come. Things to come. We're going to read from Matthew 24. I'm just going to read a portion of those verses, 3 to 14, so not all of them. And uh, that's where we're going to go in our talk here this morning. It says, Later Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives. His disciples came to him privately and said, Tell us, when would all this happen? What sign will signal your return and the end of the world? Jesus told them, Don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah. They will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. But all this is only the first of the birth pains, with more to come. Then you will be arrested, persecuted, killed. You will be hated all over the world because you are my followers. And many will turn away from me and betray me and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it, and then the end will come. Father, we thank you for your word. I pray that your word would go forth today and find a resting place in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this morning I want to share with you about things to come, things that will happen uh, in our future that we are seeing some of it we're already seeing now and things that we will be seeing later. And when we think about the future, our world has a fascination with the future. And even as Christians, we're, we're really no different. When, when, when will our world end? You see lots of that. That's always out there all the time. No matter where you look, you, you'll find some information about that. When will Jesus return? When will Jesus set up his kingdom? The disciples themselves, they were asking Jesus this very question. And it's interesting that they were expecting that the answer would be soon. And, and I think that needs to be the response of every Christian, every believer, to, to think of the coming of the Lord as something that is soon. And I think we've lost that a bit as churches, that we're not looking for the coming of the Lord as much as what we used to. And I'm sure you can, if you've been in church for a long time, you can remember many messages about the coming of of the Lord and being very, very soon. Now, when we talk about the return of Christ or the end of the world, there are many theories and thoughts of how it can happen. And in our world, it's pondering, like, when is the end of the world going to take place? And there's lots of movies out there, lots of speculations out there about how the, you know, how will it unfold and what will the future look like? And people like to think and imagine what the future holds. And today, I think that's more true than ever. We're fascinated with the future and what it may hold. And we're coming up with all kinds of interesting theories. And we need to remember something that that's what they are. They're, they're theories. They're not facts, but they're theories. They're good guesses. However, when we talk about the return of Christ, it's not a theory. It's a promise from Jesus himself that he will appear and come back to the earth just as he left the earth in the clouds of the year that he will return 
to this earth. And the Bible is filled with references that tell us that Jesus will come again and will actually return to the earth. And so the disciples there are wondering, well, when is this all going to take place? And what are some of the signs? We're always wanting to know, what's the signs? What's the signs? You know, we're, we're not satisfied to hear that, well, Jesus is going to come again. We want to hear, well, what's the signs? It's kind of like inquiry minds want to know. And you know what? We're, we're those kind of minds. We want to know, right? And so Jesus begins to discuss the future. He talks of, to them about the destruction of Jerusalem that was going to come to pass in about 40 years later. He begins to talk about other things that were going to come to pass before he would return. And he doesn't really sugarcoat it here as well. He, he's kind of given some pretty direct signs and gives description of how it will be uh, in these days before he returns uh, that are, you know, they're, they're uh, very clear to us of what will take place. Now, of course, in all of this, even amongst Christians, there's theories, there's views that theologians have of when this coming will take place, how will it take place, when will it take place, and we have all those kinds of, of things that even as Christians we kind of put out there about the coming of Christ. And, and personally for myself, I have some personal views of how that's going to take place as well. But my strongest conviction on the whole subject of the return of Christ and all about all the scenarios and how it could take place, to me, I just look to really one verse in the Bible, which is found in Matthew 24, 44. And it says, you also must be ready all the time. For the Son of Man will come when least expected. And so I want to tell you, my, my trust is not in theories. My trust is not in what, you know, all the theologians are, are saying out there. My trust is in what the Bible says. And the Bible tells me that I am to be ready all the time. And that's something to me that's very important to me. I want to be ready. Should the Lord return today? Are you ready to meet the Lord? Should the Lord return in 20 years from now? Will you be ready? Or if the Lord should return after I die, am I going to die ready to meet him? And that really is my focus. I want to live every day as if Jesus is coming today. And that today is my day that God's going to call me home. And that's, I believe, is the most important view we need to have about the end times is just simply be ready. Be ready every day. And that's the focus I think we all need to have in our lives. But that wasn't really enough for the disciples. Kind of want, Lord, surely there's some details that you can share with us to, to give us a better picture of how this will take place. And, you know, we're, we're no different than those disciples. We Again, we got those inquiring minds and kind of want to know some of those things that are going to take place uh, before he returns. And, and so we're going to do that this morning. We're just going to look, although limited to what we're, we've read here this morning, because you could read, there's lots and lots of chapters you can read about the coming of Christ and get into First and Second Thessalonians. You can get into First uh, Second Peter, get into Revelations and start going through the Old Testament and Daniel and all these kinds of other books as well. So we're not going to go into all those things because we'll be here for a long, long Bible study if we do. But we're just going to be looking at this passage of Scripture where, where Jesus mentions some things, and, and he doesn't mention them to scare us, but he mentions them to make us more aware and that we might prepare ourselves to be ready 
to meet the Lord. And so that's what we're going to look at here this morning. It's some of the things that Jesus is showing us signs before his return. And the first thing that Jesus points out to us and things to come is an increase in falsehood, an increase in people whose sole purpose is really to mislead you to believe lies, especially in the realm of religion and the realm of faith. Verses 4 and 5, Jesus told them, Don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name claiming I'm the Messiah, and they will deceive many. So the Bible is telling us that false Christ will appear. False religions will appear. False religious leaders will appear. And they will come to mislead even God's people away from God and away from the truth. They will come and manipulate you. They will come and deceive you. They will come and take advantage of you. And the Bible says this will increase. It's going to continue. And as we look to our world today, there's thousands of religions in our world today. And everyone's saying, well, I'm right. Well, I'm right. I'm right. And so our world is kind of left with, well, who was right? Like, we don't know anymore. That's why it's so important to get the gospel out, the gospel of Jesus Christ, who is the truth, the light, and the way. And even as we look at Christianity, though, there's all kinds of people who have risen up as well in Christianity, and they claim, well, I have God's authority. And, and, you know, I'm God's chosen person. I'm the one that's going to lead you this way or that way. And then we find out they, they get exposed for being false or they're immoral or they're guilty of financial embezzlement. And, you know, I kind of look at a lot of these individuals, and I think they all start out good. I think they have the right intent, but then temptation or pride or power or, or something seems to take over, and, and they lose that focus, and then they end up, misleading people. And the Bible says that these people that will come, they're going to be good at it. They're going to be good at deceiving people. They're going to be good at misleading people. And remember, this is talking to the Christians. This isn't talking to the world and messing them up. This is talking about people that will come to deceive Christians. And, you know, sometimes we look at the world as the enemy. Well, lots of times the attacks that come against the church are not from without, they're from within. The majority of attacks come from within, not without. And so Jesus, he also is including here false prophets that will rise up and increase in numbers, that, and they too will you know, be amazing people, but with a purpose to deceive you. It's not to help you. It's to manipulate you, take advantage of you. It's to you know, take control over you. And the Bible says they're going to be so good at their jobs that they will deceive even the best of Christians that even the best of us could be fooled. That's how good they'll be. Verse 24 says that, For false messiahs and false prophets will rise up. They'll perform great signs and wonders, so as to deceive, and if possible, even God's chosen ones. So that's a reality that we are seeing today with evangelists and prophets and ministers in Christianity that they really have pulled the wool over our eyes. But thankfully, over time, we see that it does get exposed. And But, you know, you look back and say, well, wow, they did some amazing things. But you know what? Your sins will find you out. Your sins are going to expose you. They'll eventually come to the forefront, and you will be exposed. And you can only deceive people 
for so long before you yourself get exposed. And so what it's kind of telling us that as Christians, we have the responsibility to know the truth, to study the truth that we may not be deceived. When you read about that Jesus is saying there's going to be more and more people that are going to be out there in your world, even in Christianity, that are going to want to mislead you and deceive you to get you away from the faith, that should tell us how important it is for us to get into the Word of God, how important it is to be praying and seeking God that we don't get misled by all of these thoughts and philosophies that are out there even in Christianity. And so this falsehood, this misleading by others is going to increase, showing us we need to know the truth so that we won't be one of those individuals that are deceived. Then secondly, in things to come, Jesus says, there will be an increase in birth pains. Part of those birth pains are actually some of what we see in the world, even amongst people. And we see that there will be people that will rise up to do evil things. They will rise up to influential places, and they will cause chaos and wars and overthrows, dictatorships, mistreatments, and hardships and murder of thousands and sometimes millions of people. And throughout history, we've seen that. We've seen the rise and fall of many world leaders that have done terrible things that cost the lives of millions of people. And it continues. It's not stopping. We, you know, you just see another one just seems to pop up over here. You get one area taken care of and another one pops up. It's just happening all over. Matthew 24, 7 to 7, 7 to 8, sorry, says, Nation will go to war against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. But all this is only the first of the birth pains, with more to come. God, God's referring to that as just like that's what we're creating in this earth. We're, we're creating a lot of things we shouldn't be creating. We shouldn't be creating evil things. And, and the Bible even says that the, even the planet itself responds to the evil that takes place in our world. And so there are wars. There are atrocities. And the Bible says they will increase. They will get worse. And it's a terrible thing to think of how terrible people can be that all these things would be done. And Jesus, speaking of the planet, uh, responds that the planet even responds to all these kinds of things. And that will respond in physical ways where we'll see natural disasters, unusual happenings, even beyond the planet, but in the heavens as well. So Jesus speaks of famines and earthquakes and plagues and strange tides, which I, I kind of think that's talking about like those uh, tsunamis, tidal waves that are that come. The Gospel of Luke, if you read uh, Luke's account of the, the same story here, adds a little bit more to that. In Luke 21, verse 11, 25 says, There will be great earthquakes, and there will be famines and plagues in many lands, and there will be terrifying things and great miraculous signs from heaven. There will be strange signs in the sun, the moon, the stars. And here on earth the nations will be in turmoil, perplexed by the roaring seas, and the strange tides. Interesting, we see all those things today. And Jesus says, that's the beginning. It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. That's not a very encouraging word, is it? But it is happening. If you've watched the news, or it probably wasn't on the news very much, but last week there was an earthquake in Banff right here in Alberta. 
That was around uh, four on the Richter scale. And so it's happening in a lot of places. It's happening right here in our own nation of Canada. 30 and things to come, Jesus talks about increasing persecution where people will be mistreated, persecuted, fined, put in prison, killed, just simply because of your faith in Christ. I find it interesting as you look around the world where people are put to death for their faith, it's mainly if you're a Christian. seems if you're of another type of faith, it's you're okay. But they target Christians all over the world. Verse uh, 9 of Matthew 24 says, Then you will be arrested, persecuted, and killed. You will be hated all over the world because you're my followers. Now, to us as North American Christians, we're quite naive about this reality. Our persecution here is really quite minor compared to other parts of the world. There are thousands of Christians around the world every year that are suffering extreme persecution. Uh, they're suffering be uh, beatings, loss of jobs, loss of uh, uh, their homes, loss of their churches, imprisonment, even being murdered. And yet most of our media never, ever bothers to mention this fact that actually millions of people in the world die because of their faith in Jesus Christ. That's very foreign to us here in North America. We kind of, you know, we hear those stories and say, oh, that's not really happening because we hear all these lies of how good lots of these places are and it's not the truth at all. And this is the truth. And, and it's interesting that Jesus, he, he points out that when this does happen, there's going to be an unexpected thing thing take place. And I find it kind of interesting when you're looking at that, like, okay, I, I don't want to sign up for that part, Lord. Like, I kind of like North America. It's quite good. I don't think I want to be in some of those other countries. But listen, God says he can turn this situation around. He says God will turn a bad situation into an opportunity for the gospel to be heard. That, that's something that's kind of good for us to think of all situations that we can find ourselves in that God has the ability to take a very difficult situation and turn it around into something good. That's what he can do. And listen to what Jesus says. And Luke 21, 13, he says, but this will be your opportunity to tell them about me. Isn't that interesting that in the midst of that, you're going to be killed for your faith. But Jesus is expecting you to talk about your faith when you're in that kind of a situation. Now, that's kind of an extreme way to share the gospel. I think we better share the gospel in the easy way while we have that easy way, don't you? And yet God can use that to touch people. We have some missionaries uh, that have been to China, and uh, they were imprisoned because they were teaching people about faith in Jesus Christ. And thankfully, they've been uh, let out of prison. They're back here in Alberta, and uh, they have a remarkable story. We'll have to have them here at our church. Uh, some Sunday to share their story. And uh, during that time, they, they were always able to share the gospel with their captors and with their prison guards, and they did. Now, they have some scars because of that, but they came through that, and they stayed faithful in sharing the good news. So maybe we can have them here some Sunday. But persecution of Christians is rising around the world. Again, you don't see that on our social media. You don't see that in the news. But it's rising, and millions of Christians every year are, are murdered for their faith. So something that's really happening in 
starting to happen even in, in Canada as well. And then fourthly, there will be an increase of people turning away from the faith. And this is one that really grips my heart and breaks my heart. See, there's a cause to being a disciple of Jesus Christ. There is a cause to follow Jesus. And we've got to be ready to serve Jesus no matter what is happening around us. I think some Christians from other parts of the world have a far greater uh, understanding of what it is to count the cost. And so Jesus is telling us, you know what, there's going to be a falling away. And that for the Christian, we need to recognize there is a cost. And we've got to be willing to, you know, to, to serve the Lord no matter what would come against us. And we also need to realize that there's lots of temptation out there. There's going to be people like the false leaders and, and false prophets and, and people that will be even in our own midst that will try to mislead us, to try to take us away from the true faith and for us to accept something that's much lower than the true faith. And we see that going on in our, our day today where we, we see in Christianity today, we keep watering it down and watering it down where all of a sudden, like, you don't got to do nothing. Everybody's going to heaven, and so you don't worry about anything. But that's not the truth. He tells us uh, that Jesus is saying there's going to be a great heartache as for us to have to go through because persecutions, because of false leaders, deceiving people. But the biggest thing is, is when our friends cut fellowship with us. Some of you have had that happen when you became a Christian. Your friends didn't like that too much. It was okay that you talked about God a little bit, but as soon as you gave your heart to Christ and you decided that you're going to serve the Lord and you weren't going to participate in some things that all your friends like doing, you kind of found it that sometimes they just cut you right off. Didn't want to have anything to do with you anymore. And the Bible says that's going to happen even more, that you'll have people that were your friends, where suddenly they'll... You know, they'll betray you like nothing. When they find out that if it's against the law to be a Christian, they'll betray you as quick as you can say the word betrayal. Friends will turn their backs on you. Family will turn your back on you. Parents, your spouse, children. And that's so sad to see, but it happens even in our, our own nation, even right here, where we've had people that have made a choice to serve God and it was a decision that they lost their family. Or their family said, we don't want to have anything to do with you if you're going to be a Christian. There's people in this church that has happened to. They lost their family entirely because they chose to follow Jesus Christ. We just think it happens over there, but it doesn't. It happens here as well. There will be experiences where we are betrayed in our Christian faith. That will shock us. And of course, when anything happens within your own family, that's even more devastating to us. But being a Christian is not always easy. And there is a temptation that is around us everywhere. And there will be many Christians, the Bible says, that will turn away from God and stop serving God. Now, whether that's due to the pressures, the persecution, betrayals, temptations, but the Bible says it's going to happen in increasing measure. And that's really sad to see. People who once served God walk away, and even more sad is we all know people have done that. We can look right here in our own church. We can think of people that used to come to church, and they served God, and then 
gradually, slowly, sometimes suddenly, something happened. They don't serve God at all anymore. Jesus says to expect that. It's going to happen. Matthew 24, 10 to 12, he says, And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold. Think like, does that not describe us today? Does that not describe what we see happening in our churches today? That people are turning away from God. Sin is being rampant. You know, it's our right to sin, and we're just going right to it. And even in the church, the church often is full of sin. We find Christians trying to excuse their sin. We twist scripture or we take a verse out of context or we follow somebody else that's kind of going along those same lines and we take comfort in that. Listen, you better take comfort in what the Bible says, the whole Bible says, not what other people are saying. And it's so sad to see Christians walking away from the faith. And right here in Canada, it seems to be happening more here in North America than it is in many other parts of the world. In many other parts of the world, there's an increase in Christianity. If you look at the charts of the world, you'll see that Christianity is continuing to increase, but not so in our nation of Canada, right here. Statistics are telling us that the largest growing segment in our society in Canada is people that say, I have have nothing to do with religion. I got no religion. And the younger generation is being affected most. So many in our own nation are choosing to turn their backs on Christianity and not even to even look at the faith, let alone leave the faith. And if that's not bad enough, Jesus goes on to say that Christians, other Christians, would just simply grow cold in their experience with God. What does it mean to grow cold? It means, well, you kind of get to that place that you don't sense nothing anymore from God. You start to wonder, is God even real? Like, I don't feel him anymore. I don't sense him anymore. Well, that usually happens when we stop our pursuit of God. When we start, you know, stop praying. We stop reading the word of God or stop going to a church or being involved with a group of Christian people. And sometimes that just happens too because temptation, persecutions, deceivement that is out there as well. And it can cause people to grow cold. And so they look for any excuse that they can condone their sin and that they can stay in that position of being cold. Luke chapter 21, 34, the other portion of Scripture talking about the same story. Jesus says, Watch out, don't let your hearts be dull by carousing and drunkenness and by the worries of this life. Because you don't want that day to catch you unaware. There's not one of us in this place. We don't want to miss that day when Jesus would call or when Jesus would come. So there are many things that can cause us as Christians to fall away. And he's telling us here in this passage, you need to count the cost of being a Christian. You need to build yourself up in the faith that you don't fall because the potential to fall is in all of us. There's none of us here that are perfect. And so every one of us can fall. And so the Bible is talking to us that we need to build up ourselves in the faith so that we don't fall. So as we see this happening in our world, that's not exciting news, not at all. But Jesus does tell us these things 
again, not to discourage us, but rather that we might read this and realize, well, I don't want to be one of them. I don't want to be one of those people that go cold in my experience with God. I don't want to be one of those people that fall away and, and miss this whole thing of the return of Christ. No, I'm going to serve the Lord every day. I'm going to be prepared. I'm going to be ready every day. And then lastly, Jesus tells us there will actually be something good that will happen in the last days. Something that's going to occur in the last days before his coming, and that is the spreading of the gospel around the world. And, you know, as you read this, this chapter, it's kind of depressing. I don't know about you, but I, I read all those things, and it's not very good news. Like, it's not painting a really nice picture of, of what is going to be happening in our world. But as you come here, this starts to get a little bit exciting. There's going to be people hear the gospel around the world. Listen to what it says, Matthew 24, 13, 14. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. There's some good news and these closing verses of what we're talking about here. Uh, even though there are difficult times, even though there's people falling away from God, even though there's disappointments in Christianity that we're seeing, the Bible says there's going to be a lot of Christians, they're going to make it. They're going to hold on. They're going to make it through. They're going to prosper in their faith. They're going to endure in their faith. Not everybody's going to turn away. So we don't want to give a picture that, oh, it's all lost. What's the point of serving God? People are falling away. No, there's a lot of people who are not falling away. There's people pressing in. And we need to remember that. There are going to be people that are going to serve the Lord faithfully all the days of their lives. And then the last part here is that the gospel is going to be preached to every nation of the world. See, that's one of the beautiful things of the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's for everybody. It's not just for certain groups or races or people or nations. It's for all nations. And Jesus is telling you, I'm not coming back until this message gets out into all the world, until everybody hears this word. See, Jesus wants to give everybody the opportunity to have faith in Christ or to reject Christ. That's what he does for us. And so that opportunity is coming. And, you know, I think many of us, as we start seeing people come to Christ, and I believe that's going to be a multitude. When that message gets to everywhere in the whole world, I think there's going to be a big response. That even though Christians, yes, there will be many that will fall away, there's still going to be a lot of Christians that do keep the faith, and there's going to be a lot of new people that are going to come in and experience Christ, and that's going to be part of the great harvest at the end. And so as you look at that, friends, the gates of hell are not going to prevail. We sometimes think that. We really do. We kind of think like, this is it, man. The devil's having his way. And man, like, what's going to happen? And kind of a reminder here, listen, with all this stuff taking place, the gates of hell are not going to prevail because the gospel message is going to get out into all the world. And as it goes out into all the world, there's going to be a multitude. There's going to be a harvest that will come forth. And personally, I believe that we're in that time of harvest. I believe this is a generation that is going to see the greatest harvest in the world of people coming to faith 
in Jesus Christ. And I want to be a part of that. I trust you do as well. So this morning, as we look at things to come, I think it shows us that it's very important for us to keep the faith. Be ready to meet God. And I hope that you see that we need that. We need to keep the faith. There's so much going on around there. There's so much confusion out there. You know, look at social media just as one example. Like there's so many different views out there. They can really mess you up. You got to know the truth. Get into the Word of God. Get into the Bible. Start reading the Bible. You want the truth that's in the Word. Read the Bible. That's your best place to find it. It'll help you to grow. help you to remain strong. It'll help you not to be deceived by all the things that the enemy will try to do. And so Jesus is telling us that in things that will come, there will be times as Christians it will be difficult. And you will go through challenges of faith. And I want to be prepared for that. I kind of had this thought as I was going over my message this morning of, you know, sometimes we ask that question, why do we have to go through such difficult times in our lives? Why do those kind of things happen? And I kind of felt that God just quickly, just a thought just came booming right back. So you might be ready. I want to prepare you for the tough stuff of life. I want to prepare you that you can make it when all hell gets loosed on you, that you know that you can come through. And so I'm going to take you through some difficult things, but it's to make you stronger, to make you be that man and woman of God that's going to endure and is going to be ready to meet their God and their Savior. So let's keep our eyes on Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith. Let's keep holding on to our faith and not give up because there's a harvest coming. I believe we're at that time. I believe there's a huge harvest that's going to come in. And we're going to see it. We're going to see many people turn their hearts to Jesus Christ. And I think there's going to be a lot of people that have fallen away. They're going to start seeing that. And they're going to be smart enough to recognize, I made a mistake. And the backslider is going to come back to God as well. So I really do believe those things are going to take place. But let's keep that focus on being ready. Because you don't know when that hour might be. We don't even know that. In life itself, there's no guarantees that an accident could happen, just like we've heard over these last few uh, weeks of different people have passed. An accident took place. It wasn't planned, but they went into eternity. Same thing for any one of us. We need to be ready. There are things that will come during these end times that will be difficult and will be hard. Some places of the world will be harder than other places of the world. But they will happen. They will take place. God is saying, you've got to be ready. Be ready. And so as we end this service, that's a simple question to ask. Are you ready? Are you ready? If Jesus came today, are you ready? If your life was taken from you today, are you ready? I trust you're saying, yes, I am. Yes, I am. And if you're here today or you're watching today and maybe you're saying, I'm not sure. Well, if you're not sure, that's when we go back to God again and say, God, I'm not sure. We profess our belief in Him. We, we welcome Him to come into our lives afresh and anew. We repent of our sins and we say, God, I'm sorry. I, I've allowed this to take place where I'm not feeling, I should feel that I'm ready. And you should. 
you should be able to feel that, that if someone says, if Jesus is coming today, you should say, okay, I'm ready. Come. But if you're not at that place, then maybe it's time we go back to the Lord and say, God, I'm sorry. Obviously, I'm not in the place I should be. Show me, Lord, where I have failed you. Show me, Lord, that I might correct my ways, that I might turn from them, and that I might serve you with all my heart, soul, and mind. Lord Jesus, I welcome you afresh and anew in my life. Come into my life today. Forgive me of my sins. I welcome you to change me today and help me to live for you today in Jesus' name. Just a simple prayer along those lines. Today is a day of salvation. Today is a day to choose. And I think God is just wanting to remind us as Christians today that, you know, we need to take our Christianity seriously. We've gone through a COVID season, not quite over yet, but it's been interesting. During this time, we've seen people walk away from their faith. We got to realize that for some people, that meant nothing. It meant nothing to them. While we've seen other people respond, give, and do everything they can during this time. So kind of seen both sides. The Bible's talking about far worse things than COVID that will come upon our earth and that we need to be ready, that we need to be prepared, that we might be able to say, no matter what happens, I will serve the Lord. And we need to be at that place. So I pray that that encourages you today and that you make things right with God and that you prepare yourself for the things of God. So Jesus, I thank you that you remind us of things to come. And Lord, you tell us that sometimes life's going to be difficult and hard. But Lord, you often take us through difficult times that we might be stronger and that we might be ready that when those the worst of the worst comes, that it's not going to shake us. We're not going to be torn down because we're going to stand. We're going to hold on to the faith. And I pray that, Lord, that you would help us to do that. I pray that, Lord, your blessing now will be upon your people as they come here today and upon all those that have followed us online as well, that, Lord, that you would bless them, you would encourage them, touch them in Jesus' name.